This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. So as we continue the series on Everyday Miracle, today we are going to see yet another miracle performed by our Lord Jesus Christ. As he was healing a man struggling with leprosy. We read that in Matthew chapter 8. So let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 to 4. Matthew chapter 8 verse 1. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Verse 4 says, And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. As we read in the scripture, Jesus healed a man who was struggling with leprosy. You know, leprosy, as we know, is a contagious disease that affects the skin and the membranes and the nerve system of our body. It even causes discoloration and lumps on our skins. And even in severe conditions, even disfigurement takes place and even some of the deformities in our limbs take place for the man who is struck with this particular disease of leprosy. And it also causes numbness to the areas of the limbs which are affected with such disease because it's a deadly disease. And if you feel numbness, And eventually, it will develop into sore and even deep wounds because we don't have, we don't feel anything at all in those those areas. And more than that, leprosy was a kind of social stigma in those days and even today. And the lepers in those days, they need to shun away from the rest of the people, the society, and they need to, in fact, they were considered as, as an outcast And they need to go away from the city and cover themselves. And they need to shout with a loud voice saying, leper, leper, so that people will be very cautious. They will not even go near to them. Such a social outcast was this leper who saw Jesus coming from the mountain. If you think about Jesus, Jesus was preaching in the mountain, the longest sermon that he ever preached. And he was preaching, in fact, we read that from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, all three chapters. And he was coming from the mountain and scripture says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Jesus. And behold, a leper came and he worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You know, we are talking about another miracle that Jesus performed. And here we see a great miracle started with a worship that is going on there. Probably we, could, we would have never, never expected 
a leper to come and worship the Lord. We see worship preceding a great miracle. You know, as we talk about everyday miracle, the question that last week we asked was, why don't we see miracles happening? If miracles are so true today, why don't we see miracles happening? The miracles that took place in the time of Jesus, the miracles that took place in the time of apostles, and the miracles we hear about in different places today. Why we don't see such miracles taking place in our church, in our families, in our lives? And the best way probably we thought, we'll go through some of the miracles took place and find out what exactly were happening there before the miracle took place. So here we see a leper coming to Jesus and he started worshipping him. As soon as he saw Jesus, scripture says, he worshipped him. You know, Matthew says he worshipped Jesus. But Mark says he implored or pleaded and knelt before Jesus. And Luke writes... He fell on his face and implored him. He begged him. He pleaded with Jesus, Lord, heal me. Kneeling and falling before Jesus and imploring him, it all together adds up to an act of worship. You know, worship is a God-expected behavior of mankind. Right from the beginning, even in the Old Testament days, and even New Testament time, the time where we live in, and if you look into the eternity, worship is part of our life all along. You know, worship brings God in the midst of us. Worship also draws us into the presence of God. You know, when such things happen together, that's where we see the miracle started taking place. Worship draws God, you know, when we, we used to say, when we start praising God, when we worship God, you know, God is pleased, well pleased. When we start praising him, he comes and he establishes his throne in the midst of our worship. You know, when we refer to worship, we are not referring to the worship that, you know, a couple of people stand here and sing. We are talking about the, the worship as we all join together and worship our God. You know, as a corporate worship, and we, every one of us, start praising him and worshipping him. That's the worship we are talking about. Worship draws us into the presence of God. As we walk into the presence of God, as we start worshipping him, you know, that's the initial point of miracle. True worship in the right, is the right atmosphere for miracle. Today we don't see supernatural miracles taking place because we don't really worship God the way God expects us to worship him. Here we see a leper come running to Jesus and he started worshiping God. I don't know how much he knew about Lord Jesus Christ, how much he knew about worship, but scripture records saying that he started worshiping Jesus. You know, more than our outward expression, Worship is always our inward attitude. I just want to talk a little bit about worship here. It's more of our inward expression, our, our inward attitude towards God. 
The leprosy could not stop him from worshipping God. If it is all about outward appearance, the leprosy could have stopped that man from worshipping Jesus. But the leprosy couldn't stop, stop that man to worship Jesus. That simply tells us worship is nothing to do with what we wear. Worshipping is nothing to do with what we perform, how we perform. Worship is all about something that is going on within ourselves. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. I don't find any other scripture which really talks about worship. Romans 12, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's read those scriptures. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Or in other words, worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There are three things we see here as scripture talks about. First of all, there is a motivation to worship. You know, what really helps us to worship our God today? Are we getting motivated by what the scripture says here? There is a motivation to worship. What is the motivation to worship? Verse 1. The mercies of God. Verse 1. Chapter 12, verse 1. The mercies of God. The motivation here to worship our God is the mercies of our God. Certain things in our lives we don't deserve. When God blesses us with such things, we cannot control but worshipping God. Some of the blessings that God has given us. The love that we get today. The eternal promises that scripture talks about. The anointing of the Holy Spirit that God is pouring on us. The everlasting peace that God has given to us. The joy that is never be removed from our hearts that God has given us. We are saved by faith. The comfort, the strength, the health, the healing, the kindness and the honor. Everything that God gives us today is because of the mercy of God. You know, once we realize the mercy of God, Lord, I do not deserve it. And you give it to me because you are so kind towards me. Once we realize, we start worshipping our God. You don't need to be there up front today to worship God. You can be wherever we are and we can start worshipping God. So there is a motivation to worship. Probably this man saw Jesus and he, he realized that what Jesus can offer to him. He doesn't deserve it, but Jesus can do something about it. And he came to Jesus and he started worshipping Jesus. Number two, what we see here in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It tells us how to worship God. It tells very clearly how do we worship God? By presenting our bodies. That means... Presenting all our human faculties to God. Our hearts, our mind, our hands, our thoughts, our legs, all our entire body. Bring everything into the presence of God. That's what scripture talks about. You present your bodies a living sacrifice. And at times we wonder how my body is involved in the worship. Scripture says that is a true sacrifice. That's a reasonable service. We involve our whole being into the worship. That simply means when we come and stand together to worship our God, our mind cannot be somewhere else. We need to have our mind right here. 
Our body may not be doing something else. We need everything right here in the presence of God. We worship. We bring all our faculties together and we align everything in the presence of God. So there is a motivation and there is a teaching on how to worship God. And finally, scripture says, what about our mind? We have all our human bodies, faculties, and what our mind? What about our mind? Scripture says, verse 2, our mind has to be transformed. Our mind has to be renewed. We need to turn away from the worldly way of thinking, and we need to turn, start thinking about the things of God. Our mind needs to be renewed. Scripture talks about that very clearly. And how do we, how our mind is renewed today? Our mind is renewed by the scriptures, by the word of God. As we start learning the truth, as we know the truth, as we start believing the truth, as we are convicted, we hold conviction about the truth, there is a love that comes out of our lives without our knowledge as we know our God is the true God and his words are the written truth. There is an affection. There is a love that comes out of our lives. And that leads us towards worship. We talked about three things here. There is a motivation to worship. And scripture says how we should worship God. And scripture also says what about our mind. Bring our minds and allow our minds to be renewed by the word of God. As we know the truth. As we believe the truth. As we hold conviction to the truth. And there is a love that comes out of our lives. Because our God is a true God. Because I know his words. They are truth. Truthful. They are written. The A and Amen in Christ Jesus. So as I know the truth. There is an affection that comes out of our lives. And then we start worshipping God. If that's not happening in our lives. When we gather together for worship. It will be just a waste of time. Scripture also says in John 4.24. God is spirit. And those who worship him. Must worship him in spirit and truth we know the truth and we allow the spirit of god to be part of our worship you know the way things work we have our father in heaven and we come to his presence through son jesus and the spirit of god is here with us and as the trinity they work together we expect ourselves to be to join along with the trinity along with the presence of the Holy Spirit, and together we start worshipping God. Then we will worship Him in truth and in spirit. Now being said all this, you may have a question, what about music? For all the things that we spoke about, we don't really need music at all. Music cannot simply produce worship. Music can be just an expression of worship. To make it a little more clear, is when we all start worshipping God, a musician feels that he needs to play some piece, he plays as an expression of worship. Otherwise, scripture really doesn't talk about a music going on and a, there's a great singing going on. It comes, if it is not coming out of our hearts as an expression of worship. So worship is not really driven by music and instruments and songs. In, in other words, it, to be true, we drive the instruments. We sing songs as an expression of what we really go through inside of our hearts. If that's not the way of worship, 
it's just a waste of time. God is not at all pleased in it. Any heart that beats, that believes in the truth, that holds conviction in the truth, that loves the truth, can worship, can worship God. If the worship is an affectionate act that we bring into the presence of God towards our God. So we walk into the presence of God, we think about the mercies of God, and we present our whole body as a living sacrifice. You know, that's why we say we surrender. When we surrender, we bring our whole being under control. We are not trying to do a meditation by bringing our body under control and our mind under control, but we are doing it in the presence of God. As scripture says, we are trying to surrender everything to God. We are trying to surrender our whole being to God. And our minds, we allow our minds to be renewed by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. And because of that affection, out of that affection, we start praising God. And music will help us really to worship God. And the singing, the choir, they will really help us to worship God. You know, most of the time, the way we start worship, there are a couple of songs we sing and make people to clap. And then, you know, we bring, up to bring them to that level where they can start worshiping instead. If we come prepared, ready to worship God, we really didn't, don't need any music instruments here. We can just start clapping our hands and just start praising God. You know, that's the kind of worship God is pleased with. God is pleased with. Here we see the leper come running to Jesus and worshiping Jesus. And eventually the worship was going to result in a miracle very soon. As we go a little further. In verse 2, chapter 8, Matthew. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What made the leper to make that statement? If I'm there, probably, in that situation, I would have said, Lord, please heal me, Lord. I would have cried out to Lord, saying that, Lord, please heal me. But the leper is saying, if you are willing, please cleanse me, O God. It was not just said it is written in the word of God. It is recorded in the word of God. So I strongly believe there is a purpose of the spirit of God putting this in, that in the letter. It's not just said by him. It was told by him. But as well it is recorded in the scripture. So I am very careful about it today. Probably I just thought about it. Probably he did not know that healing is God's will. Probably that he did not realize that healing is God's will. That's the reason probably he's asking, Lord, if it is your will, please heal me. Or probably he realized that Jesus is God. He is just human. I really do not know whether God is going to heal me or not. But then let me make an attempt. Lord, if it is your will, please heal me. Now from a human mind, we don't really understand God's wisdom. So at times we wait upon the Lord for his desire, for his will, because we cannot comprehend what God has in mind at times. So we give it to God for his will to be done. It is also better to submit to God. It is better at times to submit to God's will rather than, you know, we dictating God or we dictating over the situation. It is better. That's what probably the leper was doing there. He's just giving it to God. It also shows complete reliance and submission a dependency on God. You know, when we pray for God's will, we don't really hold anything. We just give it totally to him. Lord, let your will be done in my life. And we all believe God's will is the best for our lives. When God's will gets accomplished in our lives, we may not be satisfied at times. We may not be happy about it at times. 
But when we allow God's will to be done, and we believe that's the best for our lives. You know, some of us today, maybe our work situation or maybe our family situation, maybe our marriage, you know, whatever we go through in our lives, we may not be able to, we may not be happy about what, things which are happening in our lives. But if you would have submitted, if you were, you submitted your lives to God at that moment when you took the decision, if you believe that that's God's will, there is nothing better you can add to it. That's the best that you can get because you are submitting yourself to the will of God. Miracles happen when we submit our lives to God's will. Miracles does not happen always when we ask God for certain things. Miracles happen when we submit ourselves to God's will. 1 John 5.14 scripture says, 1 John 5.14 Now this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence. What is that confidence? That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us. You know, that's the confidence we have in Christ Jesus. God doesn't give everything that we ask for. But God, if God will give, if you ask something which is according to his will, he will not hold it. He will give it to us. That's what exactly Jesus was doing in the garden of Gethsemane. It's a cruel death which was kept in front of him. He looked into that vessel that he is about to drink and he cried out to the father, Lord, if it is your will, take this cup away from him. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done. And today that's what God is expecting in our lives. Lord, let your will be done. And there we will see the miracle taking place. You know, as the leper surrendered his life to Jesus. Scripture says in Mark chapter 141, Scripture records in Mark chapter 141, Jesus moved with compassion and he touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Jesus moved with compassion. Why? He saw the act of worship in his life. You know, when we gather together to worship God or when we shut our doors, Sit alone at home and start worshipping God. Jesus moves with compassion. Jesus moves with compassion. My son, my daughter is waiting for me. Worshipping me. By knowing the mercies of God. By surrendering his body. By, by bringing his mind in unity with the, in the presence of God. He's worshipping. He moves with compassion. And as soon as Jesus spoke, scripture says, Immediately leprosy left him. So we talked about the need of worship before a miracle. We also talked about the submission according to the will of God before a miracle happens finally. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Then Jesus put out his hands and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And verse 4 says, and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one. But go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Why did Jesus instruct not to tell anyone? And I believe Jesus would have realized that publicity over such miracles that he performed might hinder his mission because he has been given only three and a half years. And he needed to accomplish the mission, <coughs> the purpose for which God sent him. 
The public attention will go towards the miracles and they will try to destroy him. And Jesus did not want that to happen. He wanted people to listen to the word of God. A preaching has to take place. And Jesus probably did not want the diversion to happen. So he said, do not tell anyone. But Jesus told him very specifically, you show yourself to the priest and offer the gifts that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You know, Jesus did not ask the leper to break the law since he healed him. He did not ask him to break the law of the land. He still wanted him to obey to the law. The high priest at that time, he has to examine a leper once he is cured and he should certify that the healing is genuine and then only he will be accepted into the society. So here we see we don't break the law of the land just because Jesus healed him. Instead, Jesus is asking him a specific thing to be done. You go and share your testimony and let the officials know the one who is in you is greater than Moses. The one who is in you is greater than the lawgiver. You go and share your testimony. You see the power of the testimony there? You know, today, testimony is an important part of a miracle. When God performs a miracle, we cannot keep it within us. Now, there is a biblical significance to it. We cannot keep that miracle within us. We need to tell it to somebody else. We need to tell it to others. If you simply keep the miracle within you without telling anybody, sometimes the miracles won't last. When we pray for the pain to leave, the pain leaves, but God expects us to go and tell. God expects us to go and tell, tell, tell others because the testimony tells the world that you are no more un living under the bondage. You are no more living under the sickness. No one can look at you and say that you are a sick person. You are no more a sick person. Testimony tells the believers who prayed for you really, once you go and tell them, they will start praising God for the healing that takes place. The healing is sealed by the word of our testimony. It is true that we are healed, but God expects us to testify. That's the reason he is asking the leper to go and tell, talk to the priest, and give us a gift that Moses commanded you to you to give as a testimony to them. Go and share. Testimony, tell those who do not believe in Christ. And testimony will help them to believe in God. Testimony also tells the devil that you have been set free. And when we testify, we are telling the devil that you do not have any control over me anymore. I am totally set free by the precious blood of the Lamb. Testimony not only builds others' faith, it also builds our faith. Every time you go and testify the miracle that God has performed in your life, your faith is renewed. And your, that faith is more than sufficient to hold that miracle in our lives. Testimony also reassures God's providential care upon our lives. You know, testimony is a very important part of our lives. That's the reason we give time for testimony and wait and wait when we share testimony. Others are blessed. We are blessed. And that healing continues, that miracle continues in our lives. In the book of Revelation, we read in chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him, the enemy, the Satan, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, I end by the word of their testimony. You know, when we share the testimony, 
It is something like taking a hammer and hitting on the head of the devil saying that, devil, you are a loser. Devil, you are a loser. Every time when we share the testimony, you know, the devil is put to shame and our God is lifted up. He is glorified and God expects us to testify his goodness. Here the leper has been instructed to go and testify to the priest. Let them wonder the miracle working power of Lord Jesus Christ. So finally to conclude, the true worship. By worshiping God in truth and spirit. By allowing our body and our mind in total surrender and in the presence of God. Brings healing and miracles in our lives. As exactly it brought healing and miracle in the life of the leper. Are we today seeking for a miracle from God? You know, that's what we need to do exactly. The same thing what the leper did. And I believe too strongly that there is so much that we can learn from this man. As he came running to Jesus. And the moment later he got totally healed. A man who is healed from leprosy. He will feel that his body has become a body of a child. So fresh. And what a blessing it was for that man who got healed by Jesus Christ. And the same God can do, can perform such miracles in our lives. As we start worshipping him. As we start giving, yielding our lives to the will of God. And as we start testifying the goodness that God has done in our lives. Shall we close our eyes and pray? And this morning God has spoken to every one of us. Every one of us are in need of a miracle today. And God is not withholding that miracle. He is a miracle working God. He is the same God. He was the same as today and today and forevermore. Nothing has changed. We need to really think about the way we worship God. Do we really worship God? Being in the presence of God. Or most of the time we get carried away by emotions. We get carried away by the music and the songs. We need to realize when I come and stand in the presence of God, where my mind is. It is important to receive anything from God. Are we able to submit ourselves to the will of God? Those who ask according to the will of God, they receive something from God. God is expecting us to respond to these words. Are we able to share the testimony, the blessings that God brought in our lives, the precious salvation that we received? Or do we feel shy when we are asked to share the testimony? I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to every one of us this morning. And to those who are listening to me, the Spirit of God is telling you, that you need to start worshipping Jesus Christ. He is the only saviour of mankind. You need to allow yourself to the will of God. You cannot continue to live according to your desire. You need to know what God's desire on you. And you should start testifying the goodness, the good thing that God has performed you. And if we do those things in our lives, we will see the miracle working power of God in the midst of us. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.